0: Welcome to What Do You Think? I'm Al. And I'm C. And we're joined once again by our good friend Jay. Say hi, Jay.
1: Hey, guys. How you doing?
0: We're all right. You know? We're all right. Yeah. you know. We we just saw a movie that really, really touched the depth of my soul. I don't know about you two, but it definitely touched the depth of my soul.
2: Yeah, well, and, I think this
0: movie affects everyone. In, in, and in we're talking about uh, Till, directed by Shinoye Chikuwu. Uh, Till tells the story of the hate crime of the brutal murder of Emmett Till in 1955, uh, mm-hmm. told through the eyes of his of his mother, uh, Mamie Till Mobley, played by an actress who's on the up and up. Like if you've seen um, if Station she, Eleven, Station Eleven. Well, she got her start on yeah. a Tyler Perry drama on BET oh. uh, called uh, The Haves and Have Nots. And uh, then, you know, she really blew up on the HBO sci-fi series uh, Station Eleven as miniseries, one of the prin- yeah. miniseries as one of the principal characters. She had bit roles in uh, Atlanta in the stars show P-Valley. Uh, then she she got on the Netflix show or not Netflix show, the Netflix movie The Harder They Fall starring Jonathan uh, Majors. Uh, she played the, the tomboy character of Coffee. And this is kind of her big break. Uh, I'm I'm referring to Danielle Deadweiler, who is from uh, Atlanta, Georgia.
2: There's a lot of big actresses coming from Atlanta
0: lately. Yeah, yeah. And let me just say that we're going to be seeing a whole lot more of Danielle Deadweiler. This, like, she, yeah, did,
2: did, she she really blew up. Um, So I have to, I have to ask, do we want to... We, we, we all know what this is about, um, and obviously this is a review about the movie specifically, but do we just for a moment, I think, just go into how, because one thing we talked about after we saw this a little bit is how we were taught and learned about this, and do you, I, I feel like that would be a good, and it doesn't have to be in depth, but that I feel like would be a good introduction into the subject matter of this movie. Sure, sure, sure.
0: I agree. I think that'd be the best way to approach this. So um, for those of our listeners, again, like I said before, this film tells the the story over the brutal murder of Emmett Till in 1955 in Mississippi. Uh, The first time I heard about the history of Emmett Till was in, um, not to get into specifics over why, but the first time I heard about it was in high school. Um, I know most people start hearing about it in middle school, but my middle si- school situation was a bit different. So, yeah, the, the first time I heard about it was freshman year of, of high school. And, you know, the, the crime was so brutal, right, that we had to get signed permission slips from our parents so that the school could show us the, the pictures of Emmett Till uh, from, from his funeral, and I remember the first time I saw those images, I was like, I, whoa, I, that's like, no joke. I, I had a friend of mine who basically went to my ear and was like, yeah, that happened in Mississippi. And I really, at, at the time as a child, I really didn't want to go to Mississippi. But that was the first time I learned about it was in uh, Was in freshman year of, of, of high school. How about you two?
2: Um. I would say I first actually learned about it in freshman year of high school as well. I don't know what grade you were in when you learned about it, but, and I first learned about it freshman year in high school. It was a, um, it was a, it was government history, um, and it was just, it was mentioned briefly. It was it was a picture of emmett till but it was not the body of emmett till it was it was in a textbook and it was his his face while he was alive and it just it was it was it mentioned it on a in a grouping of other moments that really co- moved caused significant movement in the civil rights era and because of that i had a warped perspective on its significance i knew it was important i didn't deny that but i i'll admit that for many years i always thought that it was the uh strike the the, the greyhound or the bus strikes and then um a few other protests and then finally you know um, um Rosa Parks not sitting, you know, refusing to get up from uh, from from her seat, and then the march on Selma, and then you know the bigger the bigger rallies from there. I didn't know there were a lot of other instances, and or I did, but I didn't think I didn't know their significance. And the the murder of Emmett Till was one of them. I didn't actually see his like his body, the picture of his body, until I would say. Uh, I didn't see that till like freshman year of college. The picture of his body, Mm. and that really was shocking. Like that, because it was a side by side of the picture, uh, one of the few pictures we have of him alive. Well, one of them at least, I should say. And then the picture of his body, and that was, it was jarring. Truly, like it, it really, you you see that, and you you can't fathom it being the same person. Um, and that's, yeah. But that's, that. so my knowledge of it kind of was over time, but that's how I learned.
1: Jay? Um, I, I can't remember exactly when I heard about Emmett Till. I was definitely in school because um, they, you know, being in Virginia and you're so close to DC, you know, you hear a lot about the civil rights movement. Um, a whole bunch of Dr. King... Rosa Parks, a little bit of Malcolm X, and, of course, Emmett Till gets thrown in there as well. Um, but I don't know if I ever, like, really focused on Emmett's story until uh, the Black Lives Matter movement started uh, getting big and and they started listing all the names and, and they would add Emmett Till to, the, to that list um, as a way of saying, like, this has been going on for decades and centuries, really. Um Uh, I, I did not see, I'll start with this. I, I unfortunately thought this event had happened much earlier. I wasn't aware that it happened in the fifties. I thought it was like in the thirties or forties or something, but no, now I know 55 got it. Um, but I hadn't seen any of the, uh, photographs of his body until on the way home from the theater after we saw this.
0: Oh, wow. Oh.
1: yeah so that was a, yeah so I I didn't know what to expect when when oh. we were looking at his body yeah
2: mm.
0: yeah I mean I I wouldn't be surprised uh usually in or you know usually for stuff like that like when when they're gonna show you like a body in school that's usually a big deal like like it's mm-hmm. you know like it, it, it and for good reason at least with within the situation of emmett till because it it's it it, it it's a lot. It's a lot, and you know, you got to be careful, like with kids. Like, you know, show them something. Like, even because even if it's in black and white and grainy, you know, seeing something like that, you you don't want to, you don't want to cause undue stress to a kid. So that that doesn't surprise me. That mm. being said, um, the the one thing I I will say was that the first time I heard about this particular project was way back in 2015 when uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Was like, oh, we're producing, we're producing an uh, an Emmett Till movie, and we're gonna try to release it within the next couple of years. That was the first time I ever heard about it. No joke. I had assumed that that project died, cause you know a bunch of projects get talked about in Hollywood and die. That's just how Hollywood works. And I had assumed that like, oh, that project died, and when I found out Whoopi Goldberg was in this project. I said, "Oh, I guess she really wanted to do something involving Emma Till, so she signed on to this." Imagine my surprise when I'm doing research for this movie; it's the exact same project, the exact same project. Wow. It's just that, it's just that this went through so, uh, such a long period of pre-production because one of the one of the 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 key role in all of this, the the two key roles in all. Well, first of all, Whoopi Goldberg had a lot of trouble finding a director she could trust with this project. And she ultimately gave it to uh Shinoye Shikuwu, who, ha- have you guys ever seen Clemency with um, Viola Davis? I, I think no. it- it's either Viola I Davis know. or Alfred Woodward. Oh, it's Alfred um, Woodward. Um, basically it's about like this inmates about to be executed and the ins and outs on how to, that works, how to get clemency and stuff like that. It's a really, really interesting movie. It came out like, I think in 2018, 2019. Um, and, because it was handled with with ver- with delicate delicacy, Will Goldberg basically gave it to Shinori Shikuu to uh, to direct this project, um, and then came the issue of casting, and you know, not just for the for the role of, of the mother of Emmett Till Mammy Till Mobley, but Emmett Till himself, and they ultimately ca- casted this actor uh, Jalen Hall, who believe it or not. Made his uh, debut in the. Uh, did you guys ever watch a movie called The House with a Clock in Its Walls? I've heard of it, never saw it. Really, really good movie. He, he plays one of the leads' friends in the movie. Okay. And, and then he was in Shaft. He was in the John Henry movie that came out a couple years back, and he was in the the Space Jam sequel as well.
1: The, but anyway,
0: okay. Anyway, so finally, this movie this movie gets released and gets released to a lot of acclaim, like. Immediately, I, I remember, uh, see, you and me were watching the trailer for this earlier in the year. And I turned to you, I said, that movie's either going to be very, very good, or it's going to stumble on the weight of, it, of, of its subject matter.
2: And that's what made me very scared about this, about this movie coming out. Cause obviously you want something like this to be good, but I was terrified that, as you said, I thought the, the sheer, Um, the sheer weight, as yeah, the sheer weight of this (sighs) true story was going to be too much. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I was, or that it was. I was also very scared that, though I'm sure not intentionally, I was terrified that it was going to be accidentally exploitative, which really would have been just something awful if that happened.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Or like maybe relying a little too much on the moment yes yeah that's
2: that's an excellent point jay yes i was that that as well that because there are and we won't we will not go into movies that have done this but there are movies about very either very important very serious or very sad or very meaningful moments in history and that happens where they they rely on the event itself and then the movie suffers it's often different reasons why when for each movie when this happens but yes this does happen and yeah i was yeah. you're
0: right and then the reviews started coming out and people were just raving on the film and the the thing was i was like well well what are what are they raving about because you know sometimes people say oh this is a very important movie right and you're like well but but does it does it tell its story competently right and then when people were saying Danielle Deadweiler is a revelation. Danielle Deadweiler and Jane L- basically the- everybody was raving that we we found the newest a lister in Hollywood, and her name is Danielle Deadweiler. I was like, oh, I I really got to see this because. I had just recently finished uh, the last big thing she was in, uh, Station Eleven, and she was one of the best parts of it. There's a right. scene
2: in that show, and we won't go too much in that show, but there's a scene in that show where she's in a meeting and she starts crying, and it is, it is a gut wrenching moment. But anyways, anyways, yeah. that's all. We won't go too much into that. This is right. a mo- This is a podcast episode about this movie.
0: Yeah. So, how's about guys? Uh, we watch the trailer for Till, and then we give our review. Sounds good. Yeah.
2: This was my boy, Emmett Till. I got a letter today from Auntie Lizzie. She said, Bo's been working the fields. (laughs) I can't imagine. Oh, he just doesn't understand how different things are in Mississippi. Are you listening? Yes. Be small down
0: there. Like this?
2: He never thought anything would happen to him. Meet the mummy, Simmy! (laughs) He just wanted to go on vacation and have fun with his cousins. But if my son could just get his feet back onto the Chicago soil, he'd be one happy kid. I don't know why I said that. for you It's hard to describe what a mother knows The first thing I noticed when I became a mother was that my hands were busy all the time My hand knew him with my eyes closed Just like I know his laughter in a crowded room. It's the same thing when you know all of someone. This was my boy, Emmett Till.
1: The body of Emmett Lewis Till has been found dead.
2: Can I at least just fix him up a bit? No. They have to see it for themselves.
1: You tell me, Mamie. How is risking your life going to help them?
0: Those pictures of your son
1: change people's lives. I can't look, baby. We have to. The lynching
2: of my son has shown me that what happens to any of us anywhere in the world
1: had better be the business of us all.
2: So, um, I'll just say that, how do I say this, without a doubt the strongest aspect of this movie are the performances. And I say performances plural because there is not a weak performance, even a moderate or an average performance at all like not in the slightest, which that's rare when every single character or an actor brings their a game. It's it, That's, that's really something.
0: Yeah. I, I have to say that, you know, walking into this film, I expected, uh, the lead role, uh, maybe, till Mobley to be done very, very well because this is her film. This is a film about her grief. Um, and her doing something about uh what was done to her to her son. Um but just the fact that like the supporting cast is so they're so well acted, right? Like even so the for the for those of you who don't know the this story of Emmett Till, essentially uh Emmett Till was was lynched because a white woman named Carolyn Bryant had told uh told the members of the lynch mob... That uh, Emmett Till had uh, had like sexually assaulted her or some variation of that, right? Um, Very very despicable woman. Uh, The role of Carolyn Bryant is played by Haley Bennett, who you two probably know as as you know she was. uh, What was the name of that that film where she had uh, where 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 she had like Picta? See, do you remember that movie where she just kept eating everything?
2: Oh, swallow! I swallow get through that. She,
0: but she, she was very, and, and, yeah. very, very, very good actress, right? And in this role, she has maybe like she she b- before like before like the final minutes of the movie, she says maybe like three things, yeah. but so so most of her acting is done through the eyes, and she does such a good job at being such so hateful, so evil, right? Yeah. Without, Without saying, saying a lot, lot too, yeah. yeah.
1: Very and, little dialogue, and just yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's you're just kind of like, like at the end, I was like, man, I really really hate that woman.
2: Well, the 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 tension in so, also true because because this movie is very accurate to the actual story, as oh, accurate yes. as you can get, and the scene that had because it this ha- basically, allegedly what happened is that. Emmett Till and some of his cousins went to a convenience store and he went in and she alleges that she not only that he not only was borderline assaulting him but that he the one thing that even his cousins and other witnesses acknowledge because the, the part that everyone seems to agree on is that he allegedly whistled at her in some way in some way and That whole scene is handled so well because you could hear a fucking pin drop in that whole moment. And her eyes, she's just getting angrier and angrier by this child's existence in every possible way. Like The fact that he's a happy-go-lucky kid is so clearly infuriating to her. And just the way she portrays it, the shaking she does of anger is really it was really something to watch
0: well you know something you bring up I, this film is such a master class in creating tension because oh, yeah. when this film begins it it plays almost I, I don't know if you two would agree with me it plays almost like a horror film like a thriller like there's just this undercurrent of dread throughout the entire first act of this film and you know because and smartly so the filmmakers know that the audiences are aware at least over the general story of Emmett Till, you know, that he was lynched, uh, that he was, that he was only a 14 year old boy and you know, that he was lynched in the most violent way imaginable. Um, so the film knows that coming in. So there's just this undercurrent of dread that we feel because all we see is just the, the worry in, uh, in Mammy Till Mobley's eyes and throughout the entire first act I was like I was like oh my gosh this is this is just a little overwhelming the 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 tension the the dread I feel and Danielle uh Danielle Deadweiler just plays it so well like the scenes where you know she's tells her mother and her boyfriend I've never been away from from she calls Emmett Till uh beau. Because uh, his nickname was Bobo as a child, so she nicknames him Bo. So she says, "I've never been away from Bo this long," and you just see the anxiety in her eyes and in her physical mo- movements. That I immediately started feeling anxiety. I, I don't know. I don't know well, if you too felt what did anything you, like what that. Did
2: you, so up until the moment where the horrible thing happens, what was your, what were your thoughts and feelings, Jay, as as it's playing out?
1: Well like you're, you're right, it definitely plays out like a horror film. It's kind of like it's you know your standard kind of boogeyman kind of film where where this one person comes in and is oblivious to the situation and then everyone around him is like no, you gotta stop like or, or the boogeyman will come get you kind of thing. So it's definitely you know plays out like that and it's great and additionally you know we as the audience we know what's gonna happen. So we're just kind of dreading that moment naturally ourselves. So with the tension they build and with the tension we bring in, you know, it 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 culminates into into really good storytelling and and film. Um, A couple things I wanted to add. So I did a little bit of research on on uh, this incident and something I found on Wikipedia. Take that as you will as a source. But um, it turns out that uh, uh, it was believed that. And this is mentioned, this is brought up in the film, that Emmett would stutter and he would have uh, issues pronouncing his bees. And so what the, the common story is, is that Mammy taught him to whistle in starting his bees and starting his words. So he goes in, and he's asking for bubblegum, but he whistles to start the word bubblegum. And that's kind of what a lot of people think actually happened there. Um, mm. And I think, I and mean, I think, you know, like, and and you guys pointed this out on the way out, like like they portrayed Emmett as just being a silly, naive, oblivious boy, and and the and the word boy is important there because he, you know, he's not a man; he's just a fourteen year old kid, and. He's just being silly and he's being happy go lucky and he's being friendly, which as a boy he should be. And and unfortunately he got he gets punished for that. And you know we we I would like to note the 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 fear and, and dread that she has while being so far away from her son who is in this state with a not so great reputation towards black people especially in the 50s um you know that's not that's not made up for the movie that was real mm-hmm. so so yeah um i definitely think you know you guys mentioned the other actors like i think there is a very serious conversation either in the table read or at some point where they just all got together and like and said look this is what this film is this is what this film means this is the message we all have to be on our a game, and yeah, I think I think they brought it. And so up to this point where we're at, um, it is, and it, and it transitions into a totally different movie after this. But up until here, it's definitely a horror film.
2: Oh yeah, yeah and even even in a in a subtle way, the because the way they use the, the, the I don't want to use the word font, but font that they chose the way the word till appears in the title it is very menacing and very it's simple keep in mind it's not it's not like dramatized or made to look it's minimalist you know? yeah it's what minimalist yes yeah. but it's also you look at that and you just see like you can see that being used in a horror movie it's like it's very sharp edges and very just there and it's you know I'm glad they used and I know this is such a subtle thing to point out but I'm glad they used that than just like a slightly adjusted Times New Roman or something you -hmm. know where it's like the what a lot of the historical biopics do I'm glad you're like no this is like it just used that very unique thing and I know again that's a subtle detail but it's this film it was about some subtle details also throughout the whole movie but especially up until the event happens, or the lynch, not event, the lynching, up until that happens. And even after, you can tell that this movie, every day, and obviously every movie when you're filming it is planned meticulously, but you can tell they made sure that there was very little room for error, that everyone on set every day knew, as Jay very much stated, Everyone knew what this was about, and each day there was no question of what was going to happen. There was, you can tell, there was just no room for guesswork, guessing or improvising or any of that. It was, okay, today we do this, and that's how this happens, and we get it right, and you can tell.
0: You know, one, one thing I'd love to mention, I don't know if you two would agree with me or this, is that this film uh, is a masterclass in the filmmaking not being distracting I, yeah I, absolutely where 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 the the you know we, we see a lot of films that can be quote unquote over directed or over produced where where you know you sometimes the 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 there might be a, a one take that is very much calling attention that it's a one take because it wants the audience to be impressed or where it does a there's a camera movement that is so over the top because it wants you to to go like, oh, how did they do that? Right? This film doesn't do that. This film has <clears throat> a a one take scene that is subtle, and that it's the reason for its existence is to enhance the performance. And you see that everywhere where the filmmaking is like we, ob- it, first of all, the cinematography is gorgeous and the music is very very good. But are you talking like, about her
1: trial? I'm sorry.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Her, the, her, her testimony,
1: her, yeah, yes. that was so great. Oh my yeah. god!
0: Yeah. yeah, and and everything is 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 so well done, but it never it never gets in the way of what's important, which is telling the story of this grieving mother and her taking action to fight injustice, and and I really appreciated that because, you know, the the first there's a scene in this where. It is a beautiful day in Chicago, and she she's getting Emmett Till ready for his trip to Mississippi. And it, it's beautiful sunlight coming into his room. You know, the camera is moving with them as they're, they're dancing and talking, right? Mm-hmm. All of that is done so that we focus on a mother and her child, right? And that's literally kind of seems to be the uh, – that, that seems to be the um, – the, the, the way this film operates is that everything we're doing is for you to be focusing on this mother and her child or this mother and her grief. And we get really good one-take shots, one-take scenes. We get really, really good camera movement. We get really good uh, framing, um, re- uh, revealing shots, you know, tracking shots, uh, music. All of this stuff is very, very well done. But not to the level that we go like, oh, wow, this music's overwhelming this scene or, oh, wow, uh, the filmmaker's calling attention to the camera and we're, we're not really paying attention to the character, which unfortunately, especially in the Oscar season, we, we we see happen a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And usually it's because, well, this is a studio film. Tail is a studio film. It was produced by MGM, uh, by by MGM Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, these studio- Which that
2: also scared the living shit out of me when I heard about that. I was like, oh no, they're gonna they're gonna studio this too much. It's gonna look too. No, and, yeah. and and
0: that happens, and then, you know that that yeah. happens a lot where these studios make their their dramas and and they kind of overproduce them, you know. But this film doesn't have that problem this film doesn't have that problem at all um the 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 moment i realized that i was and and again this is uh this is director chinoya jikubu's second film and she has such a firm grasp on camera on lighting a firm grasp on 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 mise-en-scene that I'm very very excited to see what what her follow up to to Till is going to be. I'm very very excited.
2: Because Here's the sorry, sorry because
0: uh, clemency like I enjoyed it, but you know it was it was kind of your standard like courtroom drama thriller type thing. This is on a whole different level. This this is a filmmaker who knows exactly what every scene calls for and when not to go to you you don't see that a lot you really don't you you really don't most people are like oh how can i do it so that i make this this scene less about the scene and more about this cool camera trick or more about this cool tra- transition shot what can i do like no she knows exactly like this story is so strong on its own that all I need to do is just support it, not overwhelm it. I really appreciate that. And that
2: is what saves this, is that you're right. The director chooses, you know what? I'm not going to do, as you said, the complicated camera movements. I'm not going to do. Although, here's the thing I will say. One thing this movie has that I haven't seen many movies do is it turns what could have been considered an awkward moment into something genuinely sublime. Really. There's one scene in particular that I know we're all thinking of where it is the strongest. uh, But there's just these moments where the camera is doing one thing and then there's just a subtle change or just a subtle cut or even there's a great split diopter shot in this movie that you don't expect that's really well done. And it's just these interesting moments almost to, not to unsettle you, although maybe a little bit in, in one of them, but just to like, how do I put this? Yeah, it turns the awkward into, into something incredible. Like, and I think it, that was almost a subtle way of the director forcing the audience to confront things visually. And I, again, there's one scene in particular, but in other moments, it's just really, it's the few moments the director makes very specific conscious choices that I would even argue are creative choices. They're perfect. They're really perfect. How about you, Jay? What do you think about the directing?
1: Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I don't have any qualms with the directing. It was, it was spot on. Um uh, uh you guys know I'm a sucker for great camera work, and this was every shot was very intentional and i, I really appreciate it um quick shout out to the smallest dolly zoom in history
2: <laughs> sorry i'm not yeah I know
1: I know, but like but like you guys know what shot I'm talking about and and like you know your your typical dollar zoom you're moving the camera six feet. But in this one, I doubt they even moved the camera six inches. But it's such a subtle, dollar zoom, and and she stays perfectly in frame, and the world around her just turns, and it's it's incredible. Um, yeah. Framing, framing the framing was was so crucial to the storytelling, and and telling you who had who had control in these scenes. Like you know, I think I told you guys the scene on the porch where uh, her cousin talking about. This is a moment that we could use to advanced like the politics for public people and and we sit on this like weird low shot of her for most of this conversation and then we break away we get to we get to him so all of a sudden he's he's going and he's moving and then she snaps and she's like my son is dead and we take a whole wide shot and she's very center and frame and now and like that's kind of like the moment where she takes control of the whole story. And just really appreciated that. Really appreciated how much of the story was told just by the camera. Um interesting enough, like, like where the focus was on, like once once we got past the lynching, um this this became pretty much just a personal story between Two women, almost, uh, between Mammy and Bryant. Um, because, like, in the courtroom scenes, you know, they're the men who committed the murder and were on trial. But the, there's no focus on them at all. It's only on Bryant um, and Mammy. So it's, it's you know, very intentional choices here. Um, took care of the moment, took care of the story. And also, like let the let us linger in these moments too, you know, like I think uh see the 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 moment you're talking about it was the morgue scene, right, yeah, yeah, so like like that like that scene just carried on, and we just kind of ended up living in that moment and and not not a lot of films do that, especially in in modern times and modern filmmaking. You know, once once the point is made, you move on next scene. But like here, we just we were there. And we were there to experience that. And and that's that's very that can be risky sometimes because sometimes you overstay in the moment and you do it for too long. But I think with the with the choices Chunanway made and the editing, it all comes together.
0: Yeah no I agree I think especially in in the morgue scene one of my biggest concerns with the film is that you know in the story of Emmett Till, a, a big big part of it was the decision to show the world what they did to him show the world his body and you know I was talking to C when we were when we were deciding whether or not to see the films I, I told him my biggest fear is that when they show the body it's going to come off as exploitative and a credit to I the was, film. I,
2: I was really worried, much like the way that you described David to show the body, I was worried we were going to see the full actions that were taken and I'm really glad that they didn't show it because instead they just hold on the outside of where it happened and you hear what's happening. Yeah, You hear it and yeah. you um, it, it's it's e- the closest example I can think of. It is an audio version of the red coat scene from Schindler's List. It is an audio version of that. In the yeah. sense that you, less is so much more um, in such a amazing way. So I think that's the best way I can describe that.
0: Yeah. And in the morgue scene, you know, smartly, and credit to the filmmakers for doing this, the the morgue scene is not about... Oh, now the audience gets to see the body. No, the the, the purpose of the scene is for maybe to Mobley, to touch her her dead child, to acknowledge that it is him. She touches his feet. She touches his hands. the 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 purpose of the scene is for her to acknowledge that this is her son, not to to not this meta sense of us seeing the body, which I really really appreciate it because again. You never want to go into an exploitive, uh, exploitive purpose with with stories like these, and I really, really appreciated that it was very well done. It's still, for some of our listeners, that that scene for for some who may not be able to handle like stuff like that, it, it, it is a hard scene. It, it's a hard scene. Like I'll, even I admit that I, I had to turn away a couple times.
2: Well, I remember um, outside of the theater, you acknowledged that. One thing about it was after, as you were watching it, the thought in your head was, "We shouldn't be here." Exactly, <laughs> we shouldn't yeah. be credit, seeing you, you made an
1: audible noise when that camera lifted up.
2: <laughs> credit. Oh, I think multiple people did it. it credit it,
1: it, yeah. to Danielle Deadweiler's
0: yeah. performance. I was so enveloped into her performance that it felt that I was, I was, a, I was like in an inappropriate place, seeing something that was not for my eyes to see that's that's literally for a split second i was like oh uh i I should i should leave her alone and then i realized like actually i'm watching a movie so
1: i don't know if you guys noticed in the moment but every time she cried i was crying
0: oh wow no i i i I teared
2: i didn't notice that
0: i teared up quite a bit um because here's the thing she does so well so so well is that you know you we've all seen so many movies that we know what a movie cry is, which mm-hmm. which is a cry that's a lot more clean cleaner and reserved than oh. what a cry actually is. You know, they they tear up, mm-hmm. they sniffle a bit. That that's a movie cry. No 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 not here. In here we we get we get the full Nelson. We get you know the sobbing the reddening of the nose. We, we get an actual authentic cry, like how people cry the cries that are like not photogenic that, that are, I guess the best way to put it, where you feel a little uncomfortable over watching someone cry like that. Mm -hmm. That's how good her performance is that every time she cried, I was like, this is, this isn't a movie cry. This is an actual real cry, you know? And like, my God, you, like, she is, she is going to be the biggest thing in Hollywood. She really is because she has, she has the skills. She really does have the skills. Like, like I, I didn't feel like I was watching a relative newcomer. I felt like I was watching like a decade veteran. Yeah. Seasoned veteran. Like, Oh, I'm, I joke a lot with, with with C that he's like, oh, anytime Stanfield Stanfield's in a movie, you're gonna watch it. And I'm like, yes. And now anytime Danielle Deadweiler's in a movie, I'm gonna watch it. Because mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I'm a big, big fan of hers now.
2: Yeah. I I also have to add that as I mentioned earlier, every performance is great. And for me, The funeral scene also... That's when I teared up. That's when I, like, started to... My eyes started to water. Because, basically, it's the... The aunt who was watching over Emmett when he went to Mississippi comes to the funeral. And there's this whole sequence where she's, like, physically and emotionally preparing herself to see um, the body and she's also trying, she's literally begging, she's practically begging for forgiveness for what happened. And that whole moment from beginning to end rocked me in a way that is hard to describe. Just really, that scene nearly broke me. Like that is so hard to see happen
1: I think I think I think you know I'm sorry to cut in but like you know I think something we need to realize is that you know for these women and for these actors be black in America this is a real reality for them so they're 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 not they're not making this up they're feeling this even now in today's society so they're you know this those performances came from real pain and and I think it's important that we see that and that's shared, but mm-hmm. you know, that definitely helped their performances. And I think it, it's just, real, I'm sorry, I'm kind yeah. of babbling here. It's just real important that that happened and that they did this.
0: What, one of the things that absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that I think was, was an underrated element of the film is that. So in a lot of times, a, a lot of films like this, uh, it's really, really hard to write because, you know, you you have to realize when you have to let the story be the story, and when you have to, like, when you have to let the characters be the characters and but still be able to be like, okay, this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened, et cetera, et cetera. And what this film does really, really well is that, I feel like I'm I'm watching a natural progression of the story, not that I'm like, okay, this happened and then this happened and then that happened. You know, you know, with a lot of a lot of with a lot of movies based on actual events, you run the risk of that. Um, there are a lot of films I've seen where it's like, okay, you're you're going here, even even the you're going here just because you have to, not because the story led you here, right? And and I really really appreciated with the writing here was that you always felt like okay, so what is she going to do now? What is she going to do to be able to heal herself, and what is she able to do to bring justice? And everything everything felt like it just locked in really really well. Again, it's a really underrated aspect, but it's something that a lot of people maybe don't focus apart on. But but I never for a second felt like okay they. They don't know what to do, so they just went on to the to the to the next event of Matty Till Mobley's life, and I mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. Um, also, so, something else that we haven't really talked about: Jalen Hall as Emmett Till. Oh my God!
2: First off, how'd they find someone that looks ex- very close to Emmett Till? That was that was a it, little freaky. I listen.
0: This film has been in various stages of pre-production since 2015. I am, I would not be surprised if it wasn't until they had, they had their perfect Mamie Till Mobley and Emmett Till. And yeah. good because this, this is going to be on best of, of years list and credit to the filmmakers. Jalen Hall gives such a spirited performance of, of an innocent child who suffered a horrible, horrible, horrible fate, you know. He does this thing where, you and, and like Jay mentioned earlier, you know, there's moments where he has, like, this subtle stutter, you know. You know, there's there's a scene where, where he's really proud of himself because he's saying a commercial without stuttering one bit, and he just gives this giant beaming smile. And, and that's the thing. He's always smiling. For the most part, he's always smiling, you know. He just... This is a role where you needed someone who could could basically make every scene their own, like really be that like ray of sunshine. And he is that. He really is that. And it it ironically adds that dread as a viewer because we're like, oh, look at this ray of sunshine. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. No, I I don't want to I don't want to continue down this road. But oh, credit to again. This is a kid who's only been in film, who's only been in the industry since uh, twenty nineteen. Oh gosh, he's he's he, also he, gonna
2: go places. He's gonna to go places.
0: Lightly. He's gonna go places. There's a there's a scene that would have that would have that would have not worked with a lesser performance where he's out in the fields of Mississippi and he's just kind of, you know, he's cutting up. He's he's just being mischievous. And on a lesser performance, it just comes off as like needlessly like annoying, but he's so charismatic. He's so filled with life that, you know, when everyone else is looking at him just kind of being silly not actually working, um it's just Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Jay? Uh, where'd Jay go? Is he?
2: I think he's still here. Hold on. No. Oh. Somehow we lost him.
0: Give me a second.
1: Okay.
0: What's up? I don't know
1: what happened. Sorry.
0: Okay, cool, cool, okay. cool. Um. Uh. But yeah, you know, in a lesser performance, his uh, his, his kind of just playing around in the field would have come off as annoying. But he just feels he's filled with so much life that you're you're just kind of you kind of wanna you're on that wavelength, and that's that's such a it's really hard to ask for a young actor to do that, and the fact that he does it looks so effortless. Like, I think I think the filmmakers found a, a, a guy who's going to be who's going to be in the industry for a good long while.
1: Yeah. And
0: Whoopi Goldberg, who plays the grandma, like <laughs> I was telling you guys that I didn't realize it was Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> until the end. Right. And, and hey, funny bit, bit of trivia. So um, she plays the grandma Alma. Uh, she uh, Alma, Alma's a big woman. And I assume that Whoopi Goldberg probably wore a fat suit. Nope, she gained the weight for the role at her age, and then lost it. I didn't
2: know that. That just
0: shows you the 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 passion and dedication Whoopi Goldberg had for this project.
2: All right, nominate her. Shit, I didn't know that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. oh my god yeah she's not she's not in the movie a lot but when she is she makes an impact which is which is all you can ask for for, for a supporting role that when they come in they leave their mark and I, I really appreciated that yeah do you guys have any other thoughts on any other performances
2: um I will say that the only other scene I want to mention and actually Jay was the one that brought this to my attention originally. But there's a scene where she confronts the uncle, where she realizes that there's a there's a version of this where Emmett didn't die or could doesn't get lynched. And she confronts him and he just basically, though he is clearly horrified and sorry, he basically says, I had to make a choice in that moment when these these four no, these three white guys came to my house. It was, I had to do whatever I could to make sure my own children were going to be okay. And I knew, and he didn't even say, he didn't explain it, he just said, I made a choice. And you can tell that he is, that the character regrets that will deeply... He doesn't regret it, but he feels incredibly heartbroken over that choice. But that he, he said so little, but his, again, with the faces and, the, uh, and all the movements of these actors that they did, it said so much. And it just added this layer of, because it added a layer of sadness that I didn't think you could add to this, where it's, yes, you know, a father chose his own in a position where he could not defend his own home. If it was his home, I don't, I don't know, but he could not defend his family, so the only way he could was by letting someone go, and that's a horrible feeling. That is really mm. awful, and that was portrayed so well uh, that I just, at least, had to mention. I don't know who the actor was. Uh, but... uh,
0: his name is Frankie Faison.
2: Okay. Uh, very, go.
0: very, very well. Re- regarded character actor who's been in the industry for years. He's uh he was in Do the Right Thing. He was in White Chicks, the Thomas Crown affair. Um oh
1: I'm sorry you're 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 thinking of the father but I think C is talking about
0: uh, No 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 that's that's him John uh, Douglas Thompson uh the uh the actor who played uh the actor who played the 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 Reverend right they call him Reverend
1: no no that's John Douglas Thompson uh, uh Frankie Faison was Mammy's dad. Emmett's oh. grandfather.
0: Uh oh okay, okay. Yeah.
1: So so John Douglas, I have his IMDb here. He's he's also like a character actor. He's he's got Born Legacy, Twitter the Bridges, Michael Clayton. You know, a lot of like action kind of stuff going on. Um just a lot of bit roles, but I mean his performance was pretty stellar. I mean, I'd I'd vote for him for an Oscar. Um, One thing I want to add, though, is like, they took some of the biggest visuals from the real-life events and they portrayed them here. So the Jet Magazine cover is, like, you could do a side-by-side and it's almost, it's pretty much the exact same picture. The same with the, with Emmett's casket is is pretty much identical. Um, And also with with uh, with Pastor when he stands up and he points uh, in the courtrooms, like that's him. Like, there's a there's an actual famous ph- uh, photograph of that. Um, oh, That I didn't he, know. you can look up online, but yeah, he actually did that in the courtroom, stood up and pointed at him. Oh, which you know is 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 mentioned in the film is incredibly dangerous for a black man to have done in the 50s in Mississippi. Oh, yeah, so I mean, I mean, really, yeah, I mean, I. C and I were we were talking about this. We we I'm I'm predicting a lot of nominations. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah.
1: All around forever. I don't know if they get all the wins, but like definitely a lot of recognitions and nominations for this.
0: So, looking into it, like one of the things you mentioned is that this film recreates a lot of like the iconic imagery of the case. Turns out the writer of the film, Keith uh, uh Beauchamp, he he produced the the Emmett Till documentary that came out like in the early 2000s, uh, mm-hmm. the untold story of Emmett Lewis Till. Uh, he produced that documentary. I, I saw that documentary when I was in school. and oh, no. he basically decided to write and produce the narrative uh, of the story. So, yeah, no, he th- this is a guy who's been on this on this case on this on this piece of American history for decades to this point and, and he has
2: succeeded in in yeah. further immortalizing it.
0: Yeah, he uh he d- he's done his research. He's probably one of the big like he was probably like also the onset like consultant of of, yeah. of the case as well as being the writer. So credit to him and and I hope you know he was he's listed as writer and producer. So listen, I hope I hope he gets. Uh, I hope he gets an Oscar statuette for all his hard work. Like yeah. he, he really he deserves
2: does. something. That's that's years of dedication. Yeah, years,
0: Just years that. of dedication. Um, so yeah, uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about that we haven't
2: covered yet? Um, do we want to give? I well, actually, yeah. i I think I've said all I can say without giving my final review. And why? Is there anything else you guys want to say before we do the reviews?
1: Uh, I just need to mention, like, it's really sad and horrific and just fucking stupid that a film like this is still relevant today. And I think I, I, I walk away from this feeling ashamed that, like, we're still dealing with this shit and just like. Feeling feeling the pain that everyone felt in this movie, like, I don't I don't understand how we don't fix this, and I don't I don't know where we go from here. But like this, like Emmett Till wasn't the first, and he definitely wasn't the last. And and I don't like this. I think this film is. It, I think this film is going to go up there as as very historically important and. And very, like, like they're going to show this in in schools. I think, you know.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. One one thing I will add, and this is probably, I wouldn't call it a critique, but I will say that it's something that films films uh, of important events seem to always run into this trap where the writing can have one too many monologues, you know. Um, then this is not the first film to do that. It is not going to be the last film to do that. What this film does well to overcome that is that. So again, Danielle Deadweiler, I've, I've been raving about her this entire review. She has a lot of monologue scenes, you know, mm-hmm. these, these scenes and these scenes are exhausting, emotionally exhausting. She never gives even, uh, an eight on the level it's always 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, right? Never never goes on for too long. Always knows how, how, to, keep, how to keep it authentic. And I got to say, like, I've, I've watched a lot of movies with a lot of actors and actresses, right? I've, I've watched a lot of movies where there are maybe one too many monologues. Till is the first movie that comes to mind where where the actress giving the monologue the actor giving the monologue doesn't like just kind of peter out at the end they're always so strong so so strong particularly her her monologue in the in the courtroom is it's so well done and she's so authentic with it oh like like thinking back on it i still get a little bit of goosebumps because you just you just don't see that anymore.
2: Also the moment where she leaves the courtroom and she'd like, I'd like to leave Mississippi. And the, and you, she basically is, she's done. She, she's, she did what she needed to do. And she, 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 like everyone else knew how it was going to end. Oh yeah. And she had no need to watch them ridicule her son or make him something. He wasn't, she had no need for that. She, yeah, exactly. she did. She accomplished what she needed to accomplish. Exactly. Um,
1: Uh, Sorry, a couple follow up things Um, back to some of the research I did. One thing is uh, Bryant's grocery and meat market that where the alleged incident happened is still standing. It's complete and total ruin, but they have a uh, trail marker there. That's that's uh, that's a freedom trail marker. Oh wow! So like it's always it's forever going to be branded as the as a, a the place where racial bias and prejudice happened. Emmett mm-hmm. um, Till's house is still standing um, in Chicago. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they preserved it or not, but it's still there. Um, but also something I saw in again on Wikipedia, but there's apparently an interview from two thousand eight where Carol Bryant, Carolyn Bryant said that nothing she said in her testimony was true.
2: Really? So
1: it appears, it appears that like, uh, the, the two murderers, you know, later confessed. And then she confessed in 2008 that, uh, she, she lied in her testimony. Yeah. Which, uh,
2: well, actually, and speaking of things that we didn't know about this, Al, I think you pointed out that because so you've been to Chicago a few times, and um, there is there are a few things that recognize Emmett at Till there, aren't there? Yeah, there's
0: a um, there's a marker like like kind of the marker in the station that he was in before he went to Mississippi. Um, but the
2: station doesn't exist anymore, right? No, the
0: station doesn't exist, but there's like there's like a marker where where it would have where it originally was, and then uh, there's like. There's like a bit of it in like a, a museum, in in wow. Chicago. Uh, the 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 one thing I will add uh, to what Jay said earlier is that, um, yeah, they the the murderers who who got acquitted, not even like two years later, admitted to killing at Till, and in a magazine, <laughs> in Jesus. a magazine of all places, uh, they admitted to it. that happened. Well. No, nothing happened. Like, obviously, uh, double jeopardy is a thing. Um, you know, I, I know, like... I know that uh, when they admitted to such, uh, the, the the thing one of the murderers said is that I don't know why Emmett, Dil- em- Emmett Till is dead. I don't know why Emmett Till can't stay dead. And listen... Oh, God, I The only thing I, I can say is that while they never received actual justice at least at the very least they were basically essentially homeless penniless and completely ostracized by all levels of society till the day they died but the woman's still alive right she's still yeah she's there's no
1: there's no record of her death anywhere so we no one knows where she is
0: yeah she's she's in her she's over a hundred if i'm not mistaken but yeah, to, yeah, just her, to show you her that her kids, her
1: grandkids are still alive. You know, like that family still exists.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. they still exist. Um, but anyway,
1: uh, uh, Al, do we know? I'm sorry. Do we know if the state of Mississippi has ever like apologized
2: or acknowledged it in some way?
1: Yes there it. there
0: was there was an acknowledgement. Um, I I don't have the the case on me right now,
2: but let me let me just check. I think the admitting uh, it in a magazine and getting paid for it—that really, because that, the, like, like, like almost every movie of its kind, at the end, it, it gave you some facts, mm-hmm. and when I saw that fact, I was fucking floored by that. Mm-hmm. I did not know that, and that's that's horrific. Jesus. Mm.
0: Uh. Da da da. There is a Emmett Till Memorial Project that's been going on uh, since uh, since 2015. Uh, Um, Yeah, yeah. There's been various things done in Mississippi uh, in the past like 20 years. Um, You know, uh, there there there's there's stuff. I just can't read them all. Um, uh, but no, there there is stuff. as for like if there's there's an official apology, uh, no. um
2: that's unfortunately not surprising from what I've heard with yeah, situations in Mississippi,
0: like like, as an apology from the state, no, i, I don't I don't see anything like that. Um, I maybe from the county, I again, that the, there's there's stuff like if, if anybody like believe it or not, I, I know Jay sometimes we shouldn't believe everything on wikipedia but wikipedia does have the does have the resource of like they link to all their references so if you guys want to read about it there's like a big link of references um uh at the bottom of the emmett till page on wikipedia if if anybody ever wants to read about that Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: yeah um what do you guys give it a rating jay you first you're our guest what's your rating
1: uh so in in respect to in respect to the content material and what we're talking about, I'm not going to follow your standard rating system, if that's okay.
0: Sure, sure. No yeah. problem.
1: Um, uh, I'll, I'll just keep it simple and keep out of 10. I think this is probably the most perfect film we've seen in a while. Uh, and I think it's the most complete film we've seen in a while. Um, there, there really isn't a lot to nitpick about this story about this film um everything was handled with care everything was handled with intention and everything was handled with passion and it carries and it shows and it and it blows you away um i checked on rotten tomatoes it's a 98% and i think that's you know fairly accurate um definitely we're going to be hearing about this film Uh, for the Oscars and Golden Globes and SAG Awards and anything else um as I said earlier I think this is going to be a a teaching film um especially in high school and and college and not just for college history classes but for film classes as well because just everything here is just it's captivating um this will definitely be in my end of the year top ten list. It's not gonna be my number one because I don't want this tragedy to be my number one favorite film of the year. But it'll be, you know, two or three. Um, but I'd I just say it like it's a ten out of ten for me. Like this is like I've I've never been so emotionally wrecked but creatively inspired at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like just cause I'm, I was watching this and like, I was in the moment, but I was watching the details and watching how they made this. And it was just heartbroken and inspired, you know, just the whole time. So 10 out of 10 for me.
2: See, uh, how about you? So I think for this movie, and I think Jay makes a good point. I am not going to use, not, not that there's anything wrong with our rating system, but I think for this movie, it's just, it, it's, I'm not going to use it for this movie. Um, I give it... So, out of 10... I, I give it a 9 out of 10. And the only reason why is because... It does fall into a... This is by no means a weakness of the film. But it does fall into a couple of the trappings that you get... Uh, with this kind of film about a very serious situation where, and that one that's made by a large, you know, MGM or a large production company like this, where you have, you know, a few, like just one too many monologues, all amazing, of course, but just one too many. Um, I also think it. it's, obviously there are moments of the movie that are, the powerful moments, like I think the moment the movie works best when it's dealing with extreme tension and just raw anguish. The movie is great, but is it's not as strong when it's dealing with the civil rights aspect of the movie. Again, not that it's bad or in any way, of course, but it's just it does the necessary for that. But when in reality, it then just so smoothly goes into the more powerfully emotional parts. So that's the only reason why I don't give it a 10 out of 10 is that it falls into a few trappings and there are moments that are noticeably stronger than others, but I think you're gonna see a ton of nominations with the Academy from this. I'm not even gonna touch whether what wins or doesn't win. I'm not gonna go there yet, who knows. But you're going to see a lot of nominations. Uh, to say if you need to see this in theaters, I will say that as 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 I said in the previous episode, as you get into Oscar season, a lot of these movies are going to be harder and harder to find in theaters, especially when this move when this episode comes out. So if you can see it in theaters, do see it in theaters. But if you can't, this isn't a you know any kind of a blockbuster so it's not like this movie does not detract in any way shape or form by not watching this on a big screen um so if you end up not being able to see it on the big screen you're not you didn't miss some crucial element to it at all
0: Mm. so uh i don't like doing 10 out of stuff uh because it i I overthink it too much so i I am still gonna use our our rating system uh i think this film is a flush um but but danielle deadweiler's performance is a rocks not the f word it's a rocks it's it's for my money the best performance i've seen all year honestly yeah i agree i i don't I know there's still a lot more movies to watch, but I don't know what beats that for me. I really don't. <laughs> um, the, the The fact of the matter is is that uh, this film, again, C is pretty much covered any all the critique I had about the film, why I don't give it like top of the tier uh, uh, rating. But that being said, <sighs> films with powerhouse performances, know they have a powerhouse performance and usually everything else is kind of not fall into the wayside but you guys know what i mean where you're like you hear a film where they say like oh that, that's one of the best performances of the year and everything else surrounding that performance is the filmmaking the writing the music all that stuff is like uh, it's standard standard most of the time very rarely mediocre but standard
2: mm-hmm.
0: not this film no 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 this film the filmmaking the music the, the, the supporting cast, everything is the top the top tier of what the American film industry has to offer. It, it really is. Um, like listen, Danielle Deadweiler is a revelation. I loved her in uh, station 11 and this is gonna make her th- this is gonna get her noticed by the people who will be able to make her a star. And she's going to be talked about in the same breath that we talk about, like, stars, like how Sandra Bullock and Julia Roberts were talked about in the early 2000s, late 90s. Oh, yeah. But, but, uh, the director, Chinoye Shiku, that's also a revelation. This is such assured filmmaking. It really is. Like, you guys know that, like, while I enjoyed it, I wasn't in love with with Get Out, but there was like this giant hype over Jordan Peele being the new big thing. I now get how people were feeling. I saw this and the first thing I said to myself like, who directed this? Because this is some of the best directing I've seen all year. And then to find out it's 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 this 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 woman this woman who directed a film I saw a couple years back that you know, it wasn't bad, but it was it wasn't anything I'd be like I'd be like, Oh, you have to see this, but it was well done this. I'm like, I want to see the next thing she makes. I need to see the next thing she makes because this, the directing here, like, listen, a lot of times, like the, the, the directing nominations, they can go crazy directions. For me, she, if not the dark horse, the dark horse candidate, she should be one of the front runners for, for, for best directing. She really should um, but kind of circling back to to Danielle Deadweiler, yeah no this 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 is the best performance I've seen all year. Um, I think I, I know for a lot of people, a lot of people this subject matter can be a little hard, especially because it's it involves a child. can be really hard to watch. This film, while it doesn't hold back, also doesn't go into such a direction that you know, That you, you, you'll, you'll feel very, it can be, it can be, it's not too much, right? This is a film I can confidently, uh, the best way I can say is like, this is a film I can tell my mother, mom, you should watch this. It's great. The subject matter is going to be something that's, that, that's, that's hard. It's, it's a hard topic, a very hard topic, but while it doesn't pull punches, it also doesn't try to drag you into a, a, a dark place that makes you want to turn away. Right, which is really hard to do especially with a t- subject matter like this um till till is a master class in, in directing and to be able to toe that line I think a lot of it owes to the producers to chinari Chiku and to the performances and to the creative decisions made for this film uh yeah no this like again I I don't like to be premature with my lists I'll I would be surprised if this doesn't make my list I, I would be surprised because Right now there are five films who will be on that list or who will potentially be on that list and uh, Till was the fifth one. So.
2: Yeah, this will be on my list too. I I do not know where it'll end up at all, but it will be on my my top 10. Yeah. One other one other thing,
0: I I know I mentioned it a little bit, but I got to say the music. The 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 music I I know this might sound a little weird, but uh when I got back home, I immediately looked up who, who, who the composer was. It's this guy named uh, Abel uh, Koren, Koren uh, uh See, do you know what, what he was the composer for?
2: What? Nocturnal Animals. Oh. So he knows how to do soundtracks for truly horrific things.
0: <laughs> uh yeah no i immediately started playing the till because it's it's this p- it's the the main piece is this is this piano composition that's just
2: whew, there's a melody. Melancholy- he also
1: did the nun
2: oh really so they, they literally pick a did, guy who did like a slasher he did, horror soundtracks
1: he did both nun movies yeah wow and penny dreadful
2: huh so the, Okay, so the, the horror element is truly intentional in the direction. Oh, they yeah. literally went for someone who's like, no, this is a horrific thing. We need to find someone who knows how to do that. Wow. And that was very yeah. smart.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well,
2: well, yeah, no. So this has been
0: our review for Till. This has been, what do you think? I'm Al. I'm C. Thank you so much, Jay, for joining us. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone, uh, stay safe out there.
2: Have a good night, everybody. See ya.